Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 29 of the Infinite Boost podcast featuring the fantastic RLCS caster Jorby. I'm really excited for this episode, and as I say early on, uh, I was hoping to have him on very early on, and of course, sometimes things don't work out as planned, but here we are with this excellent interview. I was happy to do it. Jorby and I are very similar in our journey in Rocket League, we have big swings and we both have a history of big swings going pretty high in MMR and then finding our way lower uh, back down. For instance, we both had very healthy swings in between Champ 2 and Diamond 2, uh, so we have a nice conversation about that. I've known Jorby for a really long time just through mutual discords, but we've never had a chance to really sit down and chat with each other, so it was really nice to uh, just share some thoughts about the game and how we look at the game and what we're working on in the game. Uh, and I think that you'll enjoy that really well. I know that uh, Jorby is a really big hype guy when it comes to casting, so it was really enjoyable to sit down and just talk to uh, Jorby as a person instead of watching him on a cast uh, all hyped up and excited about this game that we all love. And before we get started, I would just like to invite you to reach out on social media or some version of the internet and let me know how things are going. Let me know how you're enjoying the show, what you might want to hear otherwise on the show or anything like that. As always, uh, you can hit me up on anywhere social media is found at I Wanted Just Tom. There's also going to be a link to my Discord down below. So be sure to check that out, join that. We're getting more and more conversations going about improving in the game of Rocket League. That's becoming more and more of a focus for me personally. I enjoy having conversations about it. We're having more conversations about it in the Discord and just the game in general. So I would invite you to get more involved with this Infinite Boost podcast community that I'm growing. I would love to have you in other forms, not just as a listener, but as an active engager in conversation of all kinds uh, on the Discord, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, wherever you can find me, I would love to chat. So find the Discord, find me on Twitter, wherever. Uh, you can even feel free to send me a message on Anchor if you uh, want to download the app or go to anchor.fm slash infinite boost. You can feel free to send me a message there. I would love to to definitely hear from you in one way or another about the show, about what's going on, about anything really. So uh, the one disappointment about podcasts is there's no real way to get comments. Uh, I would love to hear from you guys more. So uh, go ahead and do that. But uh, until that happens, let's roll the show. All right, Jorby, thank you so much for joining me on the Infinite Boost podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tom. I am excited to be here. It's uh, I know it about time. I, yeah, I think we were thinking the same thing. Uh, I know that when I initially started uh, this podcast, we share a couple of discords. So I had reached out to you and you said that that it was something that you would be interested in uh, and I mean, for whatever reason, that interest probably still existed but you know one month three months five months went by and and here we are and the funny <laughs> thing is the other guys that i had at the beginning of the show talked to you or talked about you a lot and and how you play because you've played with them in the past achieves and corelli and stacks that's um, scary 
and I was like, this is perfect. We're going to, we're going to have him on the show soon and I'll get to talk to him about what everybody else is saying about him. And then <laughs> it just didn't quite work out that way, but here you are ready to go. I finally get a chance to, to respond. I mean, it was all good things. Oh yeah. They would never, they would never say anything bad about me unless it was uh, for comedic gain about me on any, on any podcast. Yeah. So I don't well, expect them to, but I'll, I'll, I'll be the one to tell you how bad I am. So, well, let's, let's get into that. Why don't, why don't you give me a little bit of a rundown on your, like where, where you are in Rocket League right now and maybe what the past year <sighs> has looked like for you when it comes to playing Rocket League. Oh man. Uh, the last 12 months has been just me trying to improve on my mechanics. Cause it's been the biggest uh, the biggest factor in my in my inconsistency um and where i am right now is just uh dude ranks ranks a mess for me right now it's like i i have gone from champ three down to diamond three and everywhere in between about a thousand times and i have i have literally seesawed from that <laughs> from, from champ three the whole way down to to diamond three uh, so this whole past year has just been trying to focus on on learning car and ball control with my mechanics because those were two things that were really killing me i didn't have any confidence in my ability to control the ball so i'd always just smack it away or just die i would i was such a divey player before it's still kind it's still kind of a bad habit i'm not nearly as bad as i was a year ago uh so it's a it's a slow work in progress but we're getting there so where are you right now rank wise uh champ one okay yeah, I, I mean it's that's respectable. I did I did hit champ two again, but then immediately fell back down. Uh, a lot of times I end up playing with, uh, you know, when I do play with Achieves or Corelli or Daz, uh, they're all higher ranked than me, so I'm always playing in the. And it's always when I start like winning in solo queue that I do this. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna queue up while I'm playing really well with a couple of buddies that are higher ranked than me, and. You know, I'm competitive in those lobbies. It's just that th so are they. <laughs> well, they, yeah. they are also competitive in that in that lobby. And so and the losses hurt more because I'm a lower rank uh, and our team MMR would be would be higher. So I, I eat a point loss more than I than I should because I play at a higher rank than my what my posted rank is uh, sometimes. So sometimes I put myself in the hole. Mm -hmm. And this time was one of those times again. So as I right back, right back into champ one and hopefully never see a blue rank again in my life. That's what I told myself about this season. Actually, as soon I actually, uh, the first 10 games that you played, the placement matches, yeah. I placed into diamond three this season. And then I immediately won two games in a row, got back into champ one, tweeted your, out. What's what's your normal what's your normal rank right now again? I forget. I I so I've spent a decent a little bit of time in champ two, but I'm like in that champ one, champ two yeah. area as well. Uh seeing a um, blue rank at the beginning of the season, that has to be disheartening. I mean it it was, and you know, at the same time, if I played that poorly and deserved it, like I I know what I'm capable of, and I feel like I've been learning a lot about the game. Um and so I like at the end of season 12 or towards the end of season 12, I feel like I did go back to diamond for a little bit because I was 
trying so many crazy things with my game that it kind of put me on a losing streak uh, and took me back there. So I I feel like it's all just part of the figuring things out. Yeah. Um, but in terms of this season, I I placed into Diamond 3, immediately got into Champ 1, and then tweeted out that I placed into Diamond 3, got into Champ 1, and it is my goal of the season to never go back to Diamond again because probably every season prior to this one, I have you know spent some time in Diamond. Like it was either season 12 or season 11 where I uh, went down to Diamond 3 and I probably spent like at least a week or two trying to get back into Champ. And that was frustrating. That was frustrating for me. I, I definitely also, know how you feel. <laughs> yeah. And it was also a very interesting realization of like how similar Diamond 3 and Champ 1 players are. It's almost just like Diamond... I'd, I'd, make, or, I'd make the argument that Diamond 3 to Champ 2 is largely are largely the same in terms of like the speed doesn't get that much faster in champ two i think the speed difference you start to see once you get the champ three but like i would Mm -hmm. i would i would include champ two in in that category i feel like that's kind of one amalgamation of where the player base skill level is at i could i could see that i think that uh champ one players are just smarter diamond three players (sighs) is what it comes down to I like, don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's hard for me to say because I come across every type of player. Yeah. You know, you, you come across every type of player. And so it's really hard for me to actually get an understanding of what this rank is. Right. Uh, you can run into very mechanical people in Diamond 3 and Champ 1. But for the most part, I feel like you're just missing a lot of stuff. And that's what keeps you. I mean, missing is mechanical i guess but i've i i know that when i play smarter i rank up a lot easier mm-hmm. that is what i will say yeah i mean the for me the secret is always like taking minimal risks and not putting myself in situations where i'm expecting the expectation is that my my teammate hits the ball like if my teammate's on the ball and i'm playing another second or third man um if I'm solo queuing, I have the expectation until my teammates prove that they're consistently hitting the ball that I, I'm playing the miss. Uh, and if you're playing the miss, that means, you know, a wider rotation for you or you're you're playing whatever you think the other guy's touch is going to look like and not and not expecting a pass from your teammate, not putting yourself out of position because then you just panic when you go back on the defensive end. If you mm-hmm. just play it, if you just play it smart and slow. The other team always gives up the ball. They always give up the ball. They don't have the kind of touch you think they do, and you're you're guarding for that anyway. So I found like just taking minimal risks, uh, understanding and recognizing when opponents give up the ball and when you know no one else is going to go for it. Like it's a it's a quick decision, but you can make the decision quickly. You just have to focus on that and and not tunnel vision and and lose sight of the field. It, game sense is a is an active task. In, in Rocket League at all times, uh, you slip once and next thing you know, the ball's behind you. Yeah, I feel like uh, what you said about people giving you the ball back, even when I play with friends that are in Grand Champ, I mean, you can almost guarantee that 
if you position yourself appropriately for the play that's actually happening, the ball will be hit at you. Yeah. And then it's up for you. It's up to you to be able to do something effective with it. But there aren't too many people that try to take possession of the ball on a consistent basis. No. And I think that comes from, I think it comes from, you know, when you first start playing the game, you don't immediately start learning how to control the ball. You're just, you're smacking the ball around and, uh, really, as you rank up, it's you're just getting progressively better at smacking the ball around, uh, but without actually learning how to control. You have to actually go look that up uh, or see another player do it to you, and you're like, whoa, he's dribbling that ball on top of his car. And even then, when you first start learning how to dribble, it's hard at first. Like When you first start trying to learn how to dribble, it's not easy to do. And so for a lot of players who just want to play the game, you know, they're just going to be like, screw this. I can't do it. I don't care. I'll just play dominance and, and smack the ball. Achieves. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, it's Achieves can dribble. I'm just giving him. I'm just giving him a hard time. Um, I remember him saying that he is a horrible dribbler, though. Yeah, but that was a while ago, so things might have changed. He's he's worked on it recently. Uh, last time I played with him, which was a couple weeks ago, uh, he was dribbling a lot more than I've ever seen him do it. So I believe him when he's, oh, when good he's for him. working on it. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about this adventure that you go on in ranked. So what's what's the highest you've been this season so far? This season, champ two. Okay. Like in close to champ three or like mid champ two, or like did you just div, touch it for a two, second? Div three, like 1350. Okay. Like 1350, 1360. I think the highest was 1364 okay. this season. Yeah. It's it's interesting that we're both in that same kind of place. So I'm I'm curious, like what, if anything, you can put a finger on, like what gets you there, and then what takes you back to like where you're at right now. Poor defense, <clears throat> definitely poor defense, and uh, my ability to play third man, which is has been my central focus, especially the last month or two, and I, and I've been getting better at it, but. Um, there's a lot of balls that I notice that are tough to handle for me on, on defense. And it's usually when I have to play with my car going the same direction as the other team while I'm playing mm. third man and then having to play the ball off a of bounce on the corner or having to defend somebody coming up the sidewall while I'm turned around. Cause these are situations where I was expecting, you know, I, I was expecting the play to go a different way and I was going to move up and be the next man in the rotation but then because of the way a challenge went, the ball got lost. Now I'm playing retreat and I have to I have to at least get a touch on this ball to buy my teammates time to get back. So that's something that I that I struggle with. I struggle getting solid touches uh into space and away from attackers on on defense right now. I I would say that's my biggest my biggest flaw right now. How would you describe your play style overall? Hmm. Like how would how do you prefer to play the game if you when you have your way of doing whatever it is that you want to do? I I love to pass the ball, uh, and I, I love I love quick like passes and uh, playing off the back playing off the backboard is really fun, especially when you know you have a defender beat. Uh, I like to play that quick, aggressive uh, rotation, where every every bounce and every touch is just to another teammate or 
uh, a rebound off the wall that you picked up because it's like that it's that constant rhythm it's the it's the rhythmic pace that you get into when you're on offense like that and it's just every rotation there's there's something meaningful happening and you're in the right spot every time it's almost like the zone that's that is how I love to play the game um but the way I play right now is is very passive because of because I solo queue mostly um and so I play I play a lot more passively and I don't usually go for things unless I know I'm going to get the ball and I'm always trying to control it when I'm solo queuing. Uh, when I notice though, when I'm playing in like higher speed lobbies, I have a tendency to panic. And so I, I dodge a lot more into the ball than I, than I would like, especially when I have space. And it's always instant when you recognize that, like as soon as I smack the ball, and like, it's like the moment of contact where I'm like, I have all of this space <laughs> and I just gave oh. the ball up again. Yeah. 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 I've been, I've actually been noticing that a lot more recently myself and trying to do something about it uh, and not always just give the ball away on a consistent basis. Yeah. Un- untraining a bad habit I've found very difficult because I I developed a lot of bad habits from when I first started playing this game and the last year has been untraining all of those bad habits which has been a pain what do you feel like have been the biggest two or three that you noticed that you have been working on to correct Uh, my recovery is a lot better and i recover most times there's still situations where i still mess up but like that's probably one of my biggest improvement areas and the other improvement is ball control uh, I think that I think those two things I've improved the most, and I think I, I recognize more situations where I can catch, dribble, or at least possess. Uh, I do more times than not now. Uh, I haven't looked through my last batch of replays yet, but uh, I knew I know that that was something I noted that I got a lot better with. Is like, oh, I actually did something with space this time. Amazing. <laughs> do you do you play a lot of ones, or have you like worked on dribbling a lot? Would you say that? Uh, like you're pretty good with flicks or uh, what's, what's that game? Like, do you feel that taking possession has been beneficial for you in games? Yeah, I I think it's, it's been really helpful. Um, You're not just giving the ball up and then usually relying on the next man behind you to handle the next ball coming their way. Instead, you have a lot of control over how the flow of the play goes Uh, even when it comes down to like a challenge, like if you have to make a challenge at the end of your possession, there's so many different ways that you can flip to have it go in your favor. Uh, You have, there's less you have to guess at, and there's less you have to react to. The best way to play the game is to force everybody else to react to you instead of you having to react to everybody else. Um, Kind of like seeing into the future a little bit, which is what, you should have to do on at any position on the pitch. Yeah. What was the second half of your question? I got into that and then my brain just went right on. No, that was, I mean, what you said was just really good um, in terms of like making people react to you as opposed to you reacting to other people. And that's exactly what possession can do. And I think that before I get back to my question, the interest, like the, the thing that really hits me there is like when you're when you have the ball and you beat a defender or you know if you are even able to beat two people and still keep possession of the ball 
like that is such a powerful place to be when you're 1v2 or 1v3 yeah Uh, and the minute you just pound the ball to the other side of the field the opportunity for that is over and like you said even in a 50 50 situation usually you have somebody barreling at you especially at our level of skill like they're not really trying to do anything specific they just want to hit the ball yeah and no think that they're going to try and hit it away. So if you play, if you play them, if you play the 50, 50 based on where they're coming from, you can usually beat them off the ball. Yeah. Everyone, everyone around this rank expects a flick immediately when they see a ball on top of the car, on top of a car. And so Mm -hmm. it's really easy to, to bait people into that and get them to jump over you and fake around people. And sometimes they recover. The point is, is like you forced a bad touch and you still have possession because your next guy has a, has a loose ball that he's picking up and like now you can do a myriad of things. It's just more, more good things happen in those situations when you have the ball with space and you possess it. If you're good with ball control and you're good with dribbling, you can make a lot of good things happen. That's why it, it, it was my, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say a defender chasing after you behind the play is always going to be like trying to recover is always going to be better than a defender in front of you. Mm-hmm. Always. I uh, had worked on dribbling at the beginning of the year. It was the main thing I started at the beginning of the year is like, I need to learn how to control the ball. And so I downloaded the the dribble challenge number two, the the, the popular one, and I spent 30 minutes I did I would do the timer and I would see how far I could get in the dribble challenge in 30 minutes um and it wasn't it wasn't like a race to like I wasn't treating it as a race I was just treating it as a you're using every single level as a focal point of improvement and so the whole point of having the time limit was a measure of progression it's like how much better am I getting at this I mm-hmm. spent I spent a month and a half doing that every single day uh, in addition to uh, training specific shock packs for 30 minutes, like right after that, like I spent an hour every day working on two specific mechanics and my dribbling improved like, like astronomically. And I actually completed the dribble challenge, uh, cause I, cause I dropped it after a month and a half and I started working on other things and I hadn't gone back to it in a while and, uh, I had never actually completed it. And so I went back recently and I actually completed it. And that was something that I never thought I would do like I got the level 16 which is the one where you you roll it up the ramp and then you have yeah. to air, you have to air dribble it onto the platform then catch mm-hmm. it and then ride it to the end that took me I got through all the other levels pretty quickly because I'd worked on all those for a while is at the eight minute mark I get to level 16 I spent the next 22 minutes absolutely failing at this I could not air dribble the ball at all it was actually the thing I started working on right after dribbling was air dribbling um but it's like to to be able to complete it after struggling with that like when i completed i beat that one on the first try i was just like hey there you go wow i got i got better this is awesome that was that after coming back from practicing air dribbling as well uh I, i would say that um actually yes i got yeah just yes i would say yes tom (laughs) <laughs> the answer is definitively yes. 100% nice. yes. So you're saying if you go into training packs, workshops, 
free play, whatever it might be, and you work on things, you'll actually get better. I think <laughs> no way. Well, I think where like where I got confused, and this is something Achieves actually helped me out with. Achieves is a very specific way of of looking at problems. Um and so whenever he starts like breaking things down, uh, it makes a lot more sense to me. Like I look at things a little bit different, like I look at things a bit differently than I used to. Uh, most notably when Achieves was like walking me through, I was playing chess with him and I would make a move. This is after he beat me like three times in a row. Uh, and I'd make a move and he goes, okay, so Jorby, why did you move that piece there? And I was like, well, some BS reason that I came up with because I didn't know what I was doing. And he's like, what is that piece actually doing? And like, got me to look at problems more individually. It was the same with like training packs um, because it's not enough to just go into a training pack and practice a shot over and over and over again, especially if it's one that requires multiple mechanics, things like uh, things like an air dribble, things like double touches, uh, ceiling shots. Those things have, have multiple things you need to keep track of. And if you don't understand, uh, if you don't understand how to how to take the steps to be successful at those shots, like double taps, like double taps, you have to understand where to hit the ball on your car, where exactly to hit the ball. Uh, and like you, should you be boosting when, when you hit the ball or should you not be boosting? Or it's like, what do you actually want to do with it? There are a lot of really small things that you don't really think about at first, but it's like when you get frustrated that you can't hit this shot over and over again, it's like, okay, I need to hit this specific part of the ball. So it's like step one, if I'm practicing double touches for the first time is, okay, I just need to make sure I can hit the ball at this spot. And then it becomes, okay, where on the backboard am I trying to put the ball? So then the next step is trying to figure out and understanding how your ball or how your ball, how your car uh, hits the ball. And then just trying to get the, get it on the backboard where you want it or around where you want it. And then you focus if you focus on each thing each little mechanic individually and it all comes down to your launch too that's what helped me because i had a lot of bad habits in things i didn't know i had bad habits on like air rolling into the ball instead of air rolling on contact uh i have greater control over my car when i wait to air roll on a, on a double tap to uh to lock my car than i do if i'm holding air roll earlier i didn't even realize i was holding air roll on my launches which is why my launches were so poor because my finger was just on the left bumper for some reason and i didn't notice it until i was actually trying to fix these mechanics sometimes it's just a habit you don't realize you're doing because you've done it the entire time you've played the game so that's like looking at looking at a problem at by its individual parts is something that i always knew but never applied and as soon as i started applying it hitting those shots and, and training became a lot more productive and I got better faster because of it. Mm -hmm. That's it's, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like I've, I've been in the same mindset recently because uh, I've been working on the more complex flicks, like uh, being able to keep the ball in my car. Let's take 180 degree flicks, for example. Yeah. Um, and I was actually just watching King Ranny's uh, stream a little bit earlier tonight. And the way that guy keeps the ball on his car to just flick the ball however he wants is just bonkers. But He's, he's one of the masters of dribbling, man. He's, he's yeah. so fluid. I love watching 
him dribble and, and flip because he he is he executes it perfectly like every time it's 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 so, so natural and it's so natural too i think that's the thing that i love the most is that it just like when i get the ball on my car it's like watching a toddler walk for the first time like yeah. it's so bumbly yeah. <laughs> and fumbly and then finally it works out and you're like oh but then it's too late and then i just fall on my butt or you know <laughs> uh a breeze comes through and then knocks me back um but with him it's just like lands there and it's there and it's good to go um but going back to like what you were saying when i was working on these flicks uh and even going back to the dribble challenge uh because i've been working on that myself recently a little bit and you know one thing might not be working for me or it's almost when you think about the dribble challenge, especially the more complex ones as it gets along, it's it's really easy to look at it as just one thing. And you try a hundred times and you can't beat that one thing. Right. And it can be really frustrating. But then when you look at, I mean, I'm just going to throw out a level like uh, 17. I think 17 is where you have to jump over the little uh, ledges twice. Like you have to, bounce the car over yes. and the ball over those things twice in a row. Yeah. The, like if you look hurdles. at that as one challenge on its own and you can't figure it out, then that's going to be really frustrating. But if you think about it, like, okay, first I have to get the ball in my car settled quickly so that I can get over this first one. And then the next challenge is landing again. And then I immediately have to be ready to jump again. If you look at it as five separate stages, as opposed to one giant thing, then you can break it down piece by piece and you slowly solve the puzzle as opposed to looking at it as one giant thing that you beat all at once. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't it didn't click in my brain for for the longest time even though when I when I first started learning how to play guitar when I was a teenager my my guitar teacher he he taught me how to play with exactly that method. He he broke things down by their parts and it wasn't just trying to change chords. It was trying to understand how each individual finger matters to forming a chord and switching chords. And once you understand the movements your fingers have to do individually, it becomes much easier to focus in on where your struggles are, hone that, and then you move on. Like you said, it's like a puzzle piece. You, you, you slot in the next piece of the puzzle and now you have a fuller picture. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, guitar is such a good example. I grew up playing piano. I have some guitar experience, but I, it was mostly just like learning chords and a little bit of finger picking. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot that can go into finger picking, but it was mostly just chords. Uh, but with piano and even guitar, you know, if you start taking lessons, one of the first things that teachers will have you start doing is learning how to play scales. And learning how to play scales when you're not thinking about what the point is behind it is really boring and mundane. But then when you think about the dexterity that it builds in your fingers, the, the comfort that you get from being able to move along the keyboard, depending on what key you're in or along the guitar, depending on what key you're in, all of a sudden everything gets so much easier because you can do those basic things so much faster. Right. Which so easily equates right back into Rocket League. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, anything that's going to require dexterity out of your hands, I think that you'll really find a lot of uh, individual things you you could break down. That's like 
I think the that might be one of the most frustrating things for me personally when it comes to getting better at this game is, you know, I, I, I commentate the RLCS and I watch the best in the game play this game and I have to talk about it and I know what's happening on the field and I understand what's happening and I understand why, why decisions are made and, and what, what better decisions could have been made here, here, and here. When I look at my own replays, I see it immediately. It's, like, it's so different playing the game. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things for me is like, how can I know? How can I know how this game is? Like, I'm confident in my knowledge about Rocket League, but like, why does that not translate on the field? Why can I not translate my knowledge on the field? Why does, why does my brain lose 300 IQ points as soon as I put my hands on a controller? And it's like, I forget everything that I know sometimes. It's one of the most frustrating things because even though I understand all of those things, I have to practice my tits off to to get <laughs> to get to a point where I'm like, oh, now I feel like my, my gameplay matches my knowledge because half the things I do in game doesn't make any sense. And like, it's so easy to just tunnel vision. You get lost in the speed of the game and you're not looking at the game like you should be. You're not looking at the game like I'm looking at it with an auto cam and I'm seeing everyone on the pitch making decisions at the same time. Uh, in, instead, I have to force myself to look at that from my own perspective. And I'm just focused on me you know, when I'm playing, like I'm just making sure I, I launched my car right and, and did everything. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I can't do it. And it's so annoying. I just, I had to rant. I had to rant about it. I don't know how I could commentate this game at the highest level and know but I can't translate that to my gameplay. Well, I mean, it's it's so different understanding it and then actually being able to execute it. It is like and putting it's, your it's a putting mindset. putting your hands into action is a whole different world. Yeah, and but but I have found that you know when I when I do get to higher levels and I play with higher level players, which I, I do more frequently now because I, I can't I can only take solo queues so much. And so bless my friends and their willingness to play with me. Um, but like when I play in higher level lobbies, I get more of an understanding as to why certain decisions would be made. Like there's, there's a bit of a difference when you, when you start playing at a high level and you, you really start to understand well, kind of the, the gears of why decisions are made where something may, might not be a boneheaded decision if that player was thinking about what was going on right before the next progression where the ball's behind them now, or they weren't in position or they rotated near post, but it was probably because they trusted their, like, if you look from their perspective, they were trusting something completely different to happen. Uh, it got me to look at the game differently. It got me to uh, do my analysis differently. And I think I'm a better analyst and a better player overall because of that. So it's like, it's it, they're, they're definitely two different skills. It's two different skills to know and to do. Um, being able to translate is definitely hard, but like doing enough could give you more no, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I feel like if you were able to make the jump up to being a 1500 or a 1600 level player, like that would probably make a decent change to your analysis as well, because as you're learning and growing and being better, then you're thinking about the game differently. You're looking at the game differently and you're working on different things to become better. So you would 
I'm sure see different things in the gameplay that you see now. And that's why that's why I work so hard to get better. It's because like I want I want to understand to the fullest and I want to be able to know instantly. And I feel like I'm in a good place right now. Like don't don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm I'm confident in my knowledge and my ability, but there's always a little bit more. Like I'm not happy with where I am as far as my gameplay goes. But like my whole the whole reason I want to get better is is to get better in my in my game and in my commentary. Like that's the that's the goal. And I love I, I love honestly I love the game. I just love playing the game. Like <laughs> I don't know how I've put almost 3,500 hours into this game and I'm not completely sick of it. It hasn't changed. I'm still playing the same field with the same six cars because nobody plays more than three cars in this game and with the same ball, with the same time limit. I don't get bored. I get angry. I get angry, but I don't get bored. I've seen plenty of your rants. You <laughs> definitely get angry. <laughs> definitely. Oh man. But it's it's good to have a little bit of passion though. That's that's just that's my middle name. Amen. <laughs> I think I mean, but Rocket League is so different though. Like Isn't it? Isn't I, it? I I tweeted out the other day that Rocket League is a a single player life simulation game that is masquerading as an online uh action sports title. Interesting. Like, like I mean so one thing that I find just super interesting about really anything in general, just life in general, is how much things uh, go back and forth between each other. Like um, I had T now, who is one of the commissioners for IGL on uh, the episode before this one. Okay, yeah. And he's he's a platinum player and I don't want to take anything away from him for that because obviously he has a lot on his plate uh, with the IGL and things of that nature. And he plays other games and that's cool. Um, But he has a successful uh, endeavor in the IGL that him and his partner are growing. And he's also been, you know, a top level player in um, heroes of the storm when that was a game that people actually played on a consistent basis. So he he understands what it takes to be successful, but that success just hasn't looked like success as, you know, how we would look at it in Rocket League, in ranked Rocket League. But he understands what it takes to be successful. And we had a really good conversation about, you know, everything that we talked about could be directly applied to Rocket League and practicing Rocket League and getting good at Rocket League. But we hardly actually talked about Rocket League itself. Um, and I just, I find that so fascinating, um, because like I have had my fair share of rants and anger and frustration with this game. And if you talk to my wife or ask her about my process in this whole thing, like I would say that there were months, even since I've been doing this podcast that I have talked to her daily or on a every other day basis about quitting and giving up and just not doing this anymore. Just because I was so frustrated. Uh, I didn't see the point. I wasn't getting any better. Oh man. And my, my my wife owns her own business. She's, she's owned her own business and ran her own business for the past uh, almost six years now. And more often than not, she, I mean, I'm 
I mean, she is very patient and calm and considerate with me, but she basically synthesizes it into stop being such a weenie. You want this, keep working. Hmm. And, and that's what it comes down to, you know, like you're either, no matter what it is that you're doing, whether it's, you know, an RLCS caster or playing Rocket League or, you know, doing what I do in content creation and playing Rocket League or playing some other game, like you either want it or you don't and you're going to put in the work or you're not going to put in the work. And that's all there is to it. And that's just like life. And that's why I say it's it's just like life. You're either good at sticking through and getting the things that you want and setting goals and having your eye on the prize or you flake and just give up and you're looking for an easy path for everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think there's also a bit of nuance there. Like, I feel like, like to me, I've always felt like, um, you know, hard work is always, always a requirement, but success is not always guaranteed. And I think, you know, there, there's a point for, for somebody if they have put in a lot of time and effort and they aren't seeing the results that they that they want, then maybe they have to either look at look at what they're doing differently, or consider maybe their efforts and their and their hard work and all of the energy that they're putting in would be better spent elsewhere. Um, I've definitely been there a, a couple of times, um, and yeah, I, I mean, I totally I totally agree that, and I think it's just because you know there, there's nothing given to you in Rocket League as opposed to so many other games. Um, you know, with, with League of Legends, there are champions that have powerful abilities or that fare better in matchups against other types of champions, uh, or they're just particularly good at jungling because of their kit. Not because of the skill of the player, but just because their inherent kit gives them an advantage. Player skill can, can you know, flux how well you do with a champion, but there's stuff that's given to you. Rocket League, nothing is handed to you. You are given a car and you have some boosts and that's it. You control the car. Everything you do with your car are the inputs that you put in. Your car doesn't have anything special about it. It goes the same speed as everything else. The hitboxes are a little different, but they're standardized and the differences are kind of preference over actual advantage over anything. And so like the work is all on you. You know, and so I think that's mm-hmm. why it can you you can end up talking about that kind of thing and and not ever mentioning Rocket League, is because all of the work that you put in is is into your mechanical ability and your ability to read the game. That's it. Mm-hmm. The car isn't going to give you any uh, an easy way out, if you will. So I think that's why it's so frustrating for for a lot of people. But you know. That's uh that that's how it goes. But this this game is so crazy. I I sorry, I, I have to get this because I thought I thought about it earlier. Um but I was always I, I've always been saying, I'm like, what would a true competitor look like to Rocket League? And I started thinking about what is it that really makes Rocket League unique? Like we all know Rocket League is unique, but like what are the the component parts, the important component parts of Rocket League that make it so unique? And what would a competitor look like if you could take those components uh, and, and actually visualize them? Because, you know, when Rocket League became such a, a quick hit after a month, it wasn't like PUBG where all of a sudden everyone started making Battle Royale clones. Like we didn't see 
quality Rocket League clones. We saw things that were kind of like joke games for the most part. We've seen things kind of play with the concept a little bit, but none of them actually capture the spirit of what makes Rocket League so good versus Mm -hmm. something like a Battle Royale, which is a lot easier to implement in different ways. Rocket League is a fully physics-based, fully mechanical game where you control your car. You control all aspects of your car. You don't, there's not a catch button. There's not a throw button. You go hit the ball. It goes the direction you hit it. And the other cars can point there. You have to point it in a certain way to hit it in a certain way. Either way, you control what happens, period. Like there is no inbuilt uh, system in the game that hits the ball for you. So it's like, it, like it's so interesting how this game has no competition. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, like it's, it, well, it, it blows my mind. Well, and if you think about it, like this is, this is gen two. They've been working on this kind of stuff since 2000. What? When did SARP come out? 2005, 2006. Like, right. They've had, they've been able to work on this style of game for a really long time, and I'm sure creating something this, uh, this like perfected, and I mean it's such a meme like in the community that Rocket League never, Psionics never does anything to actually update the game or like add in new features or do anything, but. As far as I'm concerned, as long as they don't mess with what happens in the five minutes that I'm actually playing a game, I'm not going to stop. If they add something new in, that's going to be awesome. And my one thing for this game is a creative mode. God, I want a creative mode so bad. Um, oh, that'd be cool. But if they don't change anything, no matter what, we still have Rocket League the game, which is unlike anything. And it, I just don't... It, Soccer was just an excellent choice. Adding in hockey and basketball, excellent choices. Uh, you know, it there's Rumble's just great. nothing like it, and they already do it so well. Yeah, they they really do. It's it's. I remember when the game when I when I first started playing the game, and then I first started getting better at the game, and then uh, you know pre uh, pre RLCS days, the RLC Pro League, and I'm watching uh, I'm watching pros play the game. And the the thing that struck me is how how is a competitive game so thrilling at the bottom and so thrilling at the top? How how could it be that way? I just I I had said at the time and I, and I still maintain this. I think Rocket League is the perfect multiplayer game. It's the it's the perfect competitive multiplayer game. There are no real advantages to any car. Uh, no real like inherent advantage. It is pure purely skill-based 100 percent, and a lot of times purely skill-based games because games like quake quake is a is a skill-based game as well however quake at low level when you when you suck at quake quake is not fun um and that's not the case with rocket league like and psionics uh they 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 hit a gem with this game they, they really perfected it in my opinion and i think that oh yeah when when you can have an experience like i'll never forget and most people will never forget when they first started playing this game like i didn't stop laughing the game was just so fun it was ridiculous how fun it was it was a combination of two things that i really wasn't into i equated it more to hockey than soccer i know everyone else 
They, they, they call it they call it soccer, but I'm I'm a huge hockey fan, so that's where my brain went. Uh, but I'm, I wasn't really into racing games at the time. I'm a little more open in my gaming interests since I first started playing. Um, but like it, it was a combination of two things of like whatever, and it, it's my it's my favorite game. I mean, <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in the esport. Like I I don't know I don't know what else to say. So I would I would hope it is your favorite game. It it might be my favorite game, Tom. It pays your bills. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, I I mean, and like I said, and I I've gone on this a little bit in previous shows, but I think that you know the only thing that I could really ever ask for from this game is a way for people to create across platforms different modes and training opportunities and things of that nature have like a workshop creative mode in the game i think that would just uh you know so many people are saying go free to play if it went free to play and they unlocked a creative mode of some kind i mean it would it would change this game and its uh upward potential well, that would be that would be really cool. Creative mode would amounts. be would be interesting. And I mean, I, and look I think, at what creative mode did for Fortnite. Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, I think creative I, modes I've, in any game, honestly, as someone who yeah. likes to create, it's like, uh, and and you see, you know, what communities can do when when they're given tools, uh, they do amazing things. Especially, it's like for Super Mario games. Maker. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was just geeking out about this game again yesterday um like i want something like that on pc i I, like super mario maker 2 is one of the coolest things that nintendo has ever made and i just 100 i want to do that in any game that i love like i'd love to just play set piece forge simulator in like that's you know how much time i spent in halo just in forge I, I, no I think that I put so many hours into Halo and most of the things I remember are playing the game and play, you know, just playing 4v4. But like, I also spent a ton of time in its forge mode, making maps, playing custom maps that the community made. Like, it's so cool. It's so cool. And even now, like, look at look at Lethemir. Lethemir has been has been making all sorts of maps with cool concepts. Like the portal map he did was really cool. Uh, I think was it Cinderblock? Cinderblock made the the flying gunship with yeah. the with the rocket cars. Like that stuff's really cool, man. Like, and, and those are just playing off of the the concept that we have here. I'd love a creative mode in Rocket League. The community would create amazing stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and people have built especially in the world of content creation, people have built careers off of it. Like that's what they do all, all day, every day. And it, I mean, I, I would just love it. And I think it would, it would elevate the skill floor of the community. Like it would only benefit our community in getting better at the game as well, which I mean, that would be, that would be awesome. And speaking of raising the floor of skill, I, I feel like we've talked about this a little bit, but I and and you you mentioned defense a little bit. Um, I'm curious, you know, like what what do you see you needing to do to be able to notch your your base level up to a consistent champ two, as opposed to being in you know sneaking back into champ one uh, 
and that kind of being like where you sit on a consistent basis. Yeah, defense and patience. The game is not as fast as you think. Um, it feels fast, but you have an extra half second. Uh, every time I've told myself to be patient, the extra half second was there and it paid off. Sometimes it wasn't, but those times were fewer and far in between. Uh, I'm very panicky and I can get, I can get lost in the flow and speed of a game. And that's when I start getting into the bad habits of just dodging into it. Uh, and then defense and it's just being able to play defense from awkward angles. Those are the times that I get punished. And so it's it's about two things on defense for me. It's one, limiting the times that I'm awkward. Because if I'm positioning well, I shouldn't be facing awkward positions that much. Uh, it shouldn't be every time I'm playing third man, for sure. Uh, and the second is being able to handle any bounce off you know, the, the third side wall, the corner, the backboard, being consistent with those reads, being aware of where my team is, because that's one thing I struggle with is I do get tunnel vision on defense because it's harder to see your team. It's a lot mm -hmm. easier to, to play a purely rotational game when you're on offense because you have the whole field in front of you. But when you're playing defense, you, sometimes you're in net and your teammates are going to be on the walls. And so sometimes you have to grab information before it actually comes to you. So if you see your teammate rotating back while you're in net and going for a ball, you see him go up the, up the ramp, you know, he's probably on the wall. So if the ball goes that way, you know, he's going to be there for it instead of you having to dive back over to it because when the ball comes yeah. flipping back and forth over your head, it can be disorienting. And so like, that's the main thing is like making sure I don't tunnel vision in those situations because that's where you double commit. That's where you start mistouching the ball. That's when you pass it to the other team when you totally did not mean to and you get scored on. Those are difficult situations. This is definitely the weakest part of my game right now. It's the most frustrating part of my game too because I see it every single time it happens. Well, and I think that's interesting that you say that I guess the – and offense and defense are very different things, but I, I feel uh, it would be my opinion – that it takes a lot of awareness to be an effective passer in Rocket League. Like you have to know that the ball is coming to you and then you have to be aware of like where your teammate is and where they're going and where that like knowing that you have the opportunity to make that pass and it actually be an effective pass because if you just hit a ball, you know, because, oh, I want to pass it here, but you're not actually hitting it to anybody, then that's what we call a turnover. That's no longer a pass. It's just a turnover. Yeah, you're just giving so, the ball up. Right. So, uh, but then flipping that over onto the defensive side, uh, I can see how, um, because I, I do it as well, you know, um, getting in that tunnel vision and what happens to me a lot of the time is I will see somebody approaching net with the ball, or maybe they popped it up or something like that, and they might be going after it. So I'm going to challenge opponent a, but then out of nowhere, because I wasn't paying attention to the entire field around me opponent B comes out of nowhere and hits it a completely different direction and scores a goal yeah. because I wasn't, you know, like you said, I was very tunnel vision on the play at hand where somebody was able to sneak in and get something that, you know, threw everybody off. It's so easy to lose field awareness. It happens in a moment. And unfortunately it's usually that moment where you get punished. Um, 
and it's 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 a hard it's an active task that you have to have because a lot of times you have to gather information uh before you leave to go for a ball and then you have to kind of approximate you know what's going on like where were my where were my teammates going when i went for this like it's just taking a quick check where's everybody on the field like it's those quick checks where's everyone on the field and and it happens it happens instantly it happens rapidly and like it's just about burning that into your mindset is constantly asking yourself where is everybody on the field right now uh and it's you got to get it to the point where it just becomes part of that intuitive automatic process where you are checking because that's just your progression that's just your muscle memory and now now your game awareness and your field awareness is way better because you've you've taught yourself to constantly check where everybody is and it's 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 fun it's it's a lot of fun it's tiring it can be really tiring um it requires a lot of focus it takes a lot of energy for sure and it's hard to it's hard to train for me it is uh i'm easily distracted and especially when i see a ball in front of me i see a big shiny ball i want to go hit it where am i going to go hit it i haven't thought of that yet i just want to go hit the ball it, luckily i don't play like that anymore um but i'm still working on constantly keeping in focus my my awareness around me it's not that i don't know what to do in that situation it's just i wasn't paying attention um so it's just about constantly upping that attention span right and again just like you said it's almost uh goes along with that patience piece that you can take us like take a breath and slow down Chill. and allow yourself to be in the moment Instead of thinking, I got to go this, I got to do this, I got to do this now. Like, hey, let's always, you know, be aware of the situation because you're not always in complete threat mode. Like not every touch from an opponent is going to lead to a goal. So, hey, if the ball is safe for a second, look around, see what's going on, and then reassess where the ball is. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you are getting better at that or do you feel, is it something now that you're more like, oh, this is an issue I, that I get to start working on? No, I, I do feel like I am better at that. It's, it's the, it's the consistency of it. Um, I say like the, the next step into ident into solving or to crushing a bad habit. Like the first step is you identify it outside of the action, right? You're like, oh, I I do this. Uh, mm -hmm. The second step is catching it as it happens. A lot of times it's right after it happens, but that's, that's progress. Like now, now you're seeing it happen. And the more you see it as the action happens, the, the more you'll be able to prevent it because you'll start paying attention to the lead up to what gets you to that situation. And you'll know to take different action when you get there. It's a long, arduous, painful, and, very humbling process. <laughs> <laughs> humbling is a is a very good word for it. And it's so funny because there are times that I'll log on and, you know, go on a win streak and I'm feeling so good. Uh, but then, you know, I, it might even be breaking into champ two and I'll end for the night. And then the next night, lose three games and you're like, what is going on? I felt so good. And then you realize, look, I'm still just champ too yeah you're not perfect you know no you've seen the sunless con video uh where he talks about the five stages of, of rocket league oh and, yes uh god mode 
and then right after god mode comes the slump um and the the slump is that right like you get on you're not playing well and you get frustrated because you're like "Ah, this just isn't me this isn't my real skill level i'm hearing myself talk now uh (laughs) like you said the reality is like you're not perfect and to that's one of the that's one of the problems i have with improving is i always expect myself to be perfect and if i don't do it perfect right away there's something wrong with me and that's something i've had to fight with for a long time um it's just understanding that like messing up is just a part of the game and like people get mad at you for messing up but you get mad at everyone else for messing up too so pretty even keel as far as that goes mm-hmm. uh as long if you can accept that you're not perfect roll whatever anyone says to you off your shoulder because what they say has no no meaning at all and as long as you know you you know you're not perfect you know you're working to get better that that's what will help you will help make you successful not berating yourself because you're not perfect or be, even because you've been working on something for a long time and you still can't get it that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you that just means you either have to approach the problem differently or you just got to keep hacking away at it it's like it's any any skill with your hands like like we were saying earlier it takes a long time to get good at i had to destroy my fingers for months and months and months before i even uh, got good enough to play a full song on my guitar without some of the strings sounding muted and my fingers Mm -hmm. bleeding you know, it, it took a long time for that to, to happen. And not just for my callus to build, but also for my actual skill on my on my hands to get better. It took that long for that progression just for the skill alone. It's the same thing in Rocket League. It's the exact same thing. You, you have to put in a series of inputs at a very rapid pace in uh, a highly situ- a 100% situational game. Like, it's tough, man. This game, while we always say... You know, it's it's not that it's not that deep. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to be good at this game consistently. Mm-hmm. What's well, the one thing the pros always say? Always say the hardest. What's the hardest part of our Rocket League? Consistency. They've been saying it since the first season of RLCS. Yeah, Justin just tweeted about it the other day, and of course, we're recording this uh, in late January. So by the time this goes out, it was last month. But he just tweeted out about that a, a week ago that he wishes he wasn't so inconsistent don't we all don't we yeah, all? i wish i had the inconsistency of justin but that right that right there that right there like there's a dissonance there right and when a pro says that um everybody below him looks at that and says why like everyone makes fun of justin for for saying he's in a slump and let's be honest it's funny um but like that's the that's the dissonance where they don't understand how Justin could think he's ever in a slump because his floor is so much better than their ceiling. And so like you're in two different worlds. And so trying to understand that is hard. And so the only Mm -hmm. response fans have is like either, Oh, I know what you mean. Or uh, like, you're not in a slump. You're literally one of the best players in this game, but like Justin doesn't feel that way. Justin mm-hmm. knows how good he can be at this game. And if he doesn't think he's meeting that, like one, that's really scary. Uh, <laughs> and, and two, like that, that should say something like that. That should say something. If even the best player, or even if, even if one of the best players in the game is saying that he wishes he weren't so inconsistent, then why are all of you down here being so hard on yourself and each other? Yep. 
that's it. Mm-hmm. It's like there's 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 a consistency there. There's a connection that people don't make or they choose not to make it. The reality is we're all inconsistent, just at different levels. We're not perfect. Right. I mean, 100%. watch EU RLCS this past season. Nobody's perfect, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> not even the second best team in the world. <laughs> not even the teams that gave us the sec- uh, the greatest overtime in Rocket League history. Oof. But yeah. the, no, I'm I now I'm just I'm just poking fun. Um but yeah. It's true though. It's it's this game is hard, man. I remember Cloud Fuel, it was like two years ago. I remember Cloud saying he's like, I'm waiting for the the LeBron James of Rocket League to show up. Uh maybe it was almost three years ago now, man. Time's flying. Um and he's like, I, there's like there's a lot of good players right now. And like some of them are like, you know, at that top level, but like, you know, the ceiling is still still hasn't been reached yet. We haven't seen that player that just does everything like every time he touches the ball like he does exactly what he wants with it the ball goes exactly where he intended every single time like i'm waiting for the lebron james of rocket league at one point uh i was thinking of justin when he came it was his his second season in rlcs where he was just carrying the ball like it was nothing wherever and catching it in midair because he can um but like even he can't do that kind of thing consistently uh, he can do it more than most people, but like for a little bit, I'm like, Justin might be the LeBron James of Rocket League, but now I don't think we've seen it yet because I see the the players at the top have gotten really, really good. Like I'm thinking, you know, top three, four players in the world, um, but I don't even think they've reached the true pinnacle of what a, a mass, like a true complete master of the game. Because... LeBron James, you yeah, no see, way. you'll see one mistouch. You'll see, you'll see one miscarry from LeBron James in a hundred games. Uh, he might not, you know, shoot that well sometimes, uh, but LeBron will always give you a complete game. And I think we have some players that are getting there, but it's so hard to say because I feel like this every season. And then the next season comes along and I'm like, how did these guys get better? How'd they get better? How do they keep getting better? It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, think of it this way. Go watch a game from the NBA in the fourth season, right? We're not even the fourth season. Well, like the fourth year of professional basketball being around. Like go watch that video and see how, slow and boring and methodical that was like that's that's what we have to compare to think about what this game is going to look like five or six years from now well, see i really wonder like i wonder what pro level play yeah. will look like in five years i can't even imagine i mean are we gonna see pre-jump passes from violent panda to yukio as uh as you know textbook like is that just gonna be every passing play in five years is everybody just going to be i am the wizard i have premonition it's like we gotta we need a roll check on wisdom or intelligence for these for these players in five years i would love to see players take the ball from midfield back to their half on a consistent basis drive it up their back wall meet one of their teammates 
above the goal and pinch it across the field. <laughs> like people, people talk about set plays. If you're not ready for something like that, I mean, that's the one time where you could be like, okay, now's the moment, and you just go for it. I mean, it's definitely difficult because Rocket League is also resource heavy with boost. So, you know, you're never going to have a perfect boost situation. Um, you might get full boost. That's ideal for you. But what's the overall field look like for boost? That's the that's like the X factor when it comes right. to perfecting this game, right? Because if players had unlimited boost, we probably would have seen the most consistent player ever by this point. But I think that's one factor that is uh, not only, I think, lacking as far as skill goes in, in the pros. I feel like boost management is really poor right now in the pros. There are some players that are really good at it, um, but a lot of players are not. Uh, I don't think it's so... It's not like a major factor in uh, in the difference of a game, but because the skill gap is just getting ever so closer between all teams... You know the minor things are going to be elevated and highlighted. So boost management starts to be something you look at as a difference maker between between two teams. I'd argue that that's something you already you already look at for top teams now. Like that's a thing now um, for for top teams, and it definitely is part of what separates a great team from a good team in the in the RLCS. Um, that's it's such an X factor in that quest to find the next level of the ceiling of this of the skill of this game um and finding new creative ways to play the game either with low boost uh with no boost or with with all the boosts there's just plenty of things i mean i was helping uh i was uh doing skirmish last night with daz and 72 pin connector were playing and i watched jacob air dribble the ball up to astro who was sitting on their back wall Jacob literally just pops the ball up at zero miles per hour on his own back wall. He air dribbles it right up to Astro. Astro just pops off the wall and then air dribbles it himself. <laughs> like he had, it was a, it was a midair handoff and I couldn't even Wait, imagine. So he took it to his defensive side where Astro was well, on no. the back wall. So Jacob was sitting on the, on the floor of the field, uh, close to his back wall. Astro was right behind him and Jacob ended up popping the ball up and then air dribbled it up. Like he, he just carried the ball up to Astro who then took the ball and uh, it was like a quasi air dribble. He carried the ball in the air. Astro did to try to get it out. They weren't able to clear the ball, but it was so cool because they had the space to do it. Jacob's like, Doo, 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 here you go, Astro. And Astro's like trying to clear it. And although it wasn't like successful in clearing the ball out, it was just one of those cool little mechanical things that it's like, imagine players trying to even go for that four seasons ago, four or five seasons ago, you know? like That's so interesting. It's so, it's just little things like that that catch me and catch my eye and be like, man, we've really come far. And like, like just as far as like learning how to play this game. So cool. So cool. This game is so cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, and again, I would say that we still see a good amount of booming the ball back and forth in RLCS. Like sure. it still bounces around a lot. Um, so even at that high of a level, when people are moving so fast, it's hard to take possession uh, yeah, you're, you're when never... you're moving that kind of pace. So seeing what it would be like for people to turn it into more of a possession-based game would be very interesting. I mean, it's it's difficult. I, I don't think you'll ever see a truly possession-based in the way that I think we're talking about it 
as like sure. dribbles and like straight passes and catches and things like that. Um, while that would be very beneficial, the the fact that a player, like an opponent, can challenge you on your catch, the ball will always, always be bouncing around in the game. And there's situations where dribbling the ball is not called for. It's actually a worse decision to try to possess than it is to just hit the ball away or look yeah. for look for a certain clear or boom the ball down the pitch. Like it's that's the other thing about Rocket League is there's no there there's only the optimal play at the time. There is no meta optimal play in Rocket League. There is mm. what is going on in the field at this moment in time. What is the best decision I can make right now? And it's just a yeah. series of what's the best decision I can make now over and over. There's not there's not a whiteboard or there's not a strategy. There are tendency players have certain styles that they tend to play like, like more aggressive or a little bit more passive, or they will never shoot. They'll always pass or they will always try to possess, but you know, not all players on the team are the same. They don't play the same style and different situations call for different styles or mm-hmm. it, it, it's not a one size fits all. You can't take one theory of play and and slap it on in rocket league and have it work you know some teams are trying to make it work with just demos but even demos have to be tasteful like you can't just go for demos they have to be situationally sound you can't right just take yourself out of a rotation to go take a guy out of the play it was nothing to do with the play at all you know that's the it, rocket league is a purely situational esport definitely agree with that yeah i mean as even going back to that demo, if you put if you go for a demo when your opponents are actually taking possession of the ball, you're just taking yourself out of the game. Yeah. And, and, and could potentially be putting you and somebody else out of place because they were expecting you to be back so they move forward. Right. Exactly. Like it's situational awareness. It's the it's mm-hmm. the biggest part of Rocket League. It's when we talk about double commits. It's double commits are a lack of situational awareness or a lack of communication. Either way, both fall in to lack of situational awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you know sometimes when when you're asked, it's like, okay, well, what does X team like? What do, what do Dignitas have to do to beat reciprocity in this game? And you can point to certain things, like you can point to certain tendencies, but you can't actually, you can't holistically answer that question before the game is played. There's, there's, sure. you can uh, rely on the knowledge that you've had from all the other times that you've watched reciprocity and Dignitas play. You know all these players, you know their tendencies, and so you just have to extrapolate off of player tendencies. It's okay. What's the most problematic for a team that struggles with this specific area of their game? And then you try to, you say, well, if they want to be successful, they have to either shore up that deficiency of their game or do something about that player that causes them problems. And it's hard to X out a single player, especially in pro games. It, it's entirely situational. And that, and like when you're commentating a game, it's like, after, like during the fact you can say, okay, so this is what, this is what's not working right now. This is what Dignitas are doing on the field. And this is why it's not working against reciprocity. But I don't have a whiteboard that has Dignitas's signature rotation. This is how they rotate like a hundred percent of the time. And this is how reciprocity plays on offense all the time. And it's like, so I can match them up and see what their weaknesses and strengths are. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. It's different, you know? So to approach it 
like when when i guess all i'm trying to say is like that's my explanation for why rock i feel like rocket league is a 100 situational game moment to moment it's always changing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure and why and again why you never get tired of it like you're playing the that same game it. but it's always giving you new opportunities it's always giving you new challenges yeah yeah man i i love i love this game i i, I didn't i did not know how, how what i was in for when i bought this game i didn't re- not realize the emotional attachment that i would have to it it's just were you were you a playstation plus downloader no i bought i bought it on pc when i heard it exploded like it was all over all the gaming websites and reddit it was like playstation plus game of the month rocket league explodes and i'm like rocket league and I looked at it and I was like, it's a bunch of cars hitting a ball around. And I was like, eh, I was skeptical. But then I was watching one of the trailers and I'm like, this looks kind of fun. And Hold I, on uh, a second. I, yeah, I shared it with a friend of mine who was into racing games. And I'm like, yo, so this is like car hockey. Cause that was the, that was the thing I made. It was like, it's like hockey and cars, dude, look at this. And he's like, oh, oh. So we both bought it and we played together uh every single day after work every single day never stopped playing rocket league i just had fun and every every time i play man it was there was something else that would hook me because i'd learn something mm-hmm. new like i'd learn a new mechanic like uh halfway through the first game i ever played i learned how to power slide and i was like oh that's mm-hmm. cool <laughs> and then later that week i watch a video of someone flying through the air and my mind was absolutely shocked I That's would, what hooked me, man. I was like, you can fly in this game? How do I do that? It's wild. Do you do you remember attempting the I can't even if it's pro or all-star, but the the most difficult uh aerial training pack that was originally in the game that psionics built into the game the, and just not being able one. to hit the ball at yes. all always like flying past it it's just like whizzing yeah. by i'd love a cinematic cam of all my failures of hitting that ball it's just like woo. I, i'm just woo. i'm thinking about that now and just thinking like watching Kronovi do it on stream and thinking i'm never going to be able to do that right there's there's no way that i will ever be able to do that i remember watching a tutorial video on how to aerial and the tutorial was start from your goal line, tilt your car 45 degrees when you jump and hit the boost button, try to make it to the other goal line. <laughs> and yeah. I remember watching the video thinking like, I am not going to be able to do that. And hey, are so, you like, kidding me? I, I got, I, I know I'm like, like, I don't, I'll get scared if I get halfway up the halfway up to the ceiling. Yeah, uh, but, but like, like the first time you start doing it and you're like, oh, it just works. It's like I tilt my car 45 degrees, I hit the boost button, and I'm flying a little bit, and then I lose control immediately, but it's like I got that half second of flight. I saw it. Like I saw a path forward, and I was ad- I was hooked. I was addicted. Crazy. It, just like we said earlier in the, uh, in, the, in the show, man, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like this game. The closest that gets to this game is Smash. Smash Melee, which is also a like as close do you get as a as a purely mechanical game uh with you know your your situational awareness uh 
also mattering a lot in Smash. It's the only video game that I can point to that has the most amount of similarities as to like what makes Rocket League so special. There's a lot of other things about Smash that aren't relevant um, to why it's special. Uh, in a different context, but as far as its relation to Rocket League, the pure mechanical skill-based, like, you just need to know how to control your car. You just need to know how to play your character. Characters, Mm -hmm. the the, the characters in Smash aren't going to do anything for you. You have to input everything manually. And Mm -hmm. there are so many different, uh, there's so many different texts in smash to learn there's so many different texts to learn in rocket league there's a lot of similarities drawn there as far as the the mechanical know-how mm-hmm. uh necessity that each game requires yeah i i think just the fact that you have 100 percent control over the car like there is there is no push this button to do a spin move. There's no push right. this button to do a crossover or like a a punch and it's just like a generic punch button. Exactly. Like the fact that it's just you and the ball is I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Tom. Brainstorm with me here real quick because Leaf and I love saying that the car is like a hockey stick. Uh like you're controlling a hockey stick. That's what the car is in Rocket League. So to me, that's one of the fundamental key components of what makes Rocket League so unique and why there hasn't been a competitor because it's so hard to create a competitor. So like what what kind of game could you make that would be like Rocket League in spirit but is not a clone, like it's not a direct clone. So like not, not another type of vehicle, not a different object with maybe a different like goal in mind. It doesn't have to be just their goal, your goal. It could be like Quidditch. But like how would you make Quidditch how would how would you make like a Quidditch like game capture the so, spirit of Rocket League? Sure. So what you would do is put a creative mode into Rocket League <laughs> and then make Quidditch. <laughs> I love that. That I you win. Problem solved. You win. That was beautiful. So, what a callback. Okay, back. so here's the thing though. Like you could you could do it, but it, the first thing that comes to my mind is putting a fighting game, but it would have to be virtual reality. So you have like one-to-one control of your body. Like that's the only way that it would be feasible to do something like a fighting game. Well, what if you had like uh like let's just let's let's play on Quidditch. Let's just let's just I'm going to copy Quidditch for a second. So you're a person riding on a broom, but there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing special about your broom. I know that's not canon. There are special brooms out there, not in this game. Um, everyone's got the same broom. Now, okay. your character, you could have like different characters maybe with like, let's say they have different weights or, you know, they require more whatever for their brooms. Point is you're flying around. Uh, it doesn't have to be like the real... I, I'm changing the the ball, the need. So instead of carrying a ball, uh, there's kind of this like, let's say this ball floats in the air when you're playing, but the only way to move the move the the ball around is to smack it with your broom, with the tail of your broom. So there are different ways that you could do that. Different ways you could you you could like use that to your advantage, but like there can't be any button where you catch and throw. It all has to be fully physics based. So you could have it to where 
you could have like a mechanism, say like sort of like a net, almost like lacrosse, where you could catch the ball on a part of your broom, but like you have to balance the ball in the like in the the net that's on your or that's a part of your whatever you're flying on in Quidditch. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to call this something else now because it's not Quidditch, but uh, like you have to balance it. Like the ball just doesn't sit there and it's locked. There's no lock mechanism that catches it. Instead, it's like lacrosse where you have to constantly. Uh, quote dribble the ball in the net to keep it in your uh to keep it in the pouch and then like you chuck your character like you swing your character around on this flying broom or stick or whatever and the way you fling determines how the ball like flies out and obviously like the nets can be like in the air or whatever uh but either way like i feel like that might get you something that i could think could be like a true rocket league competitor where it's fully physics based there's nothing that doesn't it, there's nothing that does anything for you and it still has the amount of skill required to be fun at all levels you know and you don't have to catch it in the net you could just smack it with the broom you know maybe something like that i don't know that's what i just thought of in my head right now though yeah i i don't know man i just i, I want even... i want some i want a developer I want a developer to make a competitor because I want to see what a different con like what a different iteration of this game could look like. Like I want someone to build on this concept. Like I love Rocket League. Rocket League's perfect. Don't touch Rocket League. Like you can't make Rocket League better conceptually than it is. It is my favorite. But I want someone to take the concept of a fully physics-based action sports game. Take that concept and run with it. Uh, and and nobody wants to do that. And I think the reason no one wants to do that is because, you know, Rocket League was definitely a needle in the haystack. Um, and physics ba- fully physics-based games like that are hard. They're hard to make. Uh, they're hard to make feel good. So I can understand why there hasn't been. But if you are a developer out there listening to Tom's podcast and you guys are brainstorming on another game, you can you can try you can try to make a fully physics based action quasi sports game and i will play it maybe I, I will play it maybe you're not going to get me off rocket league but i will try your game i just i just want to see like more cool concepts like thrown out that's why i was excited like i was excited for like uh, the popularity of pubg because then a whole bunch of news came out about developers working on battle royales. And I loved the, at the time I was like really digging the battle royale concept. And then we got like a bunch of different takes on battle royale and it was really cool. And we just really haven't seen like a different take on a game like rocket league. And I would just love to see what's, what's rolling around in people's heads and what, what, what they would make. I think the thing about rocket league though, is that it's, the complexity of the game comes from actually building your skill, but the game itself is actually quite simple. It is. Yeah. And and, and how do you accomplish that? Like, how do you build something like that? Right. And I think the thing of it is, is that I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this uh, effectively is like there are only so many buttons, right? And I feel like Rocket League has done a very good job of, I mean, you can create the buttons, you can put the buttons wherever you want, but it it doesn't take that much 
to control the car. Like it doesn't take that many buttons to control the car. Uh, so something like driving around a car is very simple and where it gets challenging is just being able to do all of the different things. But when you add in, uh, cause you're not controlling limbs, you're not controlling feet, you're not controlling multiple things. You're just controlling one thing, the car, the direction, and like spinning it around. Right, but it's just, yeah, it's just one object though that you're rotating. It's exactly. Not, it's not like a but when you're thing. adding in multiple different objects or things that you have to control, then you need more buttons or ways to simulate those different movements. Right. And that's where it gets a little bit more impossible to actually like implement everything that you would want to implement. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you birth complexity out of simplicity? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's, it's it's tough. It's definitely tough. And I mean, psionics in there. Uh, I remember watching their GDC talk. You know. Uh, and then watching the no clip documentary, it's like, it almost feels like they, they, they stumbled upon it, making a completely different game. Uh, and then when they, when they saw what they had, the difference is when they saw what they had, they knew what they had and they perfected that experience. Yeah. Uh, and even still, they didn't know they had no clue what they, what they had created. They had no clue what people were going to do in this game. Right. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about rocket league is when the when when your game takes heights that you never even imagined like first of all as a developer that has to feel incredibly incredibly satisfying to watch uh people play a game that you made and do things with it even you didn't know was possible yeah. <laughs> like that's that right. has to feel so special and that's so rare we don't hear that about uh, you know about games that come out we don't ever hear that. Games usually work the way developers intend them to. There might be glitches that happen sometimes. Players can break your game. And in ways, players did break Rocket League, but not game-breaking. It was just, this is a way I figured out how to manipulate the ball. Mm-hmm. Or, or like my car. And like Those things yep. are just cool. And it, I always love when someone discovers some weird niche mechanic and the first thing is like, is it competitively viable? Uh, is is my favorite part because like we're we're obsessed with it uh, you know it happened so often in the early days new mechanic new mechanic new mechanic new mechanic uh new advanced mechanic like that we're we're so thirsty for it when it whenever it comes around and you're looking at it and you're like huh it's interesting we look at it with a much more critical eye because of the way we understand the game now um but we're still looking for it we still notice it we still watch it we still talk about it and that's what makes this game that's that's one of the many reasons this game is so special so cool yeah yeah i just don't see i don't know hopefully something you know that you can take a cue from it but you'd think that if somebody saw this and saw what was possible we'd hear about something by now maybe maybe but Maybe not. I mean, obviously we haven't. So obviously we haven't heard of anything yet or know of anything that is happening. But who knows? Someday uh, there might be something crazy out there that comes along and surprises everybody. I look like Rocket League. I look forward to that day. 
Not going to get us to quit, but we'll sure try it. Definitely. I mean, it was like, not that I want this to go on and on and on, but a couple of years in a Rocket League, uh, you know, Disc Jam kind of caught fire within the Rocket League community because it was very, I mean, it wasn't a perfect clone or, you know, something like what you're talking about, but in terms of being physics-based and being a little skill intensive and, and giving you different opportunities to try different things, you know, people did uh, latch on to that for a little bit of time. Yeah. Disc Do you Jam, remember that game? Oh, I, I definitely remember Disc Jam. Uh, the people I was playing with a lot of the time in the community had like picked it up and were playing it for a little bit. Uh, it never really actually piqued my interest. Um, mostly because like, I honestly, I didn't see the connection. I was like, the only thing you're equating yeah. to for Rocket League is the fact that it's like, it's a sportsy type game. And like, to me, that's yeah. not, that's not what makes Rocket League Rocket League uh, for all the reasons I already, I've already mentioned. Uh, and the perspective was like, the game didn't feel polished. Like when I looked at the game, I wasn't automatically enticed. I'm like, oh, I got to play this. Like it didn't excite me. Maybe that's yeah. just me, but like the aesthetic of Rocket League along with the soundtrack and then watching the cars in 3D, like going around and, and smacking this ball around, the goal explosion. Like, there were so many aesthetic pieces when I first saw Rocket League that got me interested in uh, a combination of genres that I normally wouldn't have interest in into, which is funny because I'm a huge sports fan, but uh, into something that's so compelling. Disc Jam never, never got that for me. And I never agreed that it was anything like Rocket League because to me it wasn't, it isn't, it isn't Rocket right. League. It's not a, it's not a competitor. Yeah. I certainly don't. I mean, I, I agree with you there for sure. But yeah, that's, there's that's, just, that's how I feel about there's it. There's nothing so. like there out there like Rocket League. No, sir. And I'm okay with that. Me too. Well, um, I uh, feel like this might be a good time to start winding things down. Um, I mean, we've certainly gone a, a long time and, and shared our love and joy of this game that <laughs> yeah, we so admire. Yeah, I feel like so I ran admire. you around the court on this that was going all over the place. It was. But hey, that's okay. We were still talking about the game that we love and playing it. So that's what it's all about. Um, but uh, as... As uh, as per usual for the Infinite Boost podcast, uh, first off, if you have anything that you would like to leave the audience with, now is your opportunity to do so. Ooh, I'll just say uh, this community is the the best community in gaming, hands down. We have our fair share of idiots, but every video game community does. They were not or not absolved from that, but like this this esport. This game, uh, it was all grassroots, you know, to, to start. And, like, it came out of pure passion for for loving this game. And just know that, like, I share that passion deeply. And uh, my whole life has changed because of this game. And I hope that y'all are out there having a good time. And if you get frustrated with the game, just know that even Justin isn't perfect. And so you don't have to be either. <laughs> Nice. Very good point. All right, Jorby. Uh, I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast are already uh, aware of who you are and where to find you. But just in case there's that one or two people that 
uh, maybe don't watch RLCS or pay attention to it. Uh, where can people find you out on the internet? And I know that you've been streaming a little bit more, so why don't you go uh, throw yourself a little a shout out right now? Yeah, I, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's just at Jorby PLS, Jorby Please. Uh, Twitch is the exact same, twitch.tv slash Jorby Please. Uh, I also have an Instagram, same Jorby Please. It's really simple. No one has Jorby Please. I literally own that on the internet. I don't know how anyone else in the world doesn't on have On TikTok? Uh, I am not on TikTok. I am on Byte. I haven't. There you go. I haven't started the Byte content yet, though. I'm 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 stewing on it. Okay. There uh, you go. But I stream during the weekdays on Twitch. Uh, right now it's 12 Pacific onward. So if you tune in, drop by, say hello. I'm friendly. I promise. I would agree with that. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Uh, and I think then, you're friendly too. Oh well, you're too kind. Uh, and then. A question for the audience of the Infinite Boost audience. Anything that you would like to throw out there that you would uh, love to hear a few um, answers back on on what people might have to share with you? Ah. No, no one I think has ever asked me to ask the audience a question. There you go. Yeah. See, I like to mix it up. I like that. I like that. Uh, I would say the the question I would ask is what? was the first thing that hooked you about Rocket League? Like, what is it that makes you love this game, that, that made you fall in love at first sight with Rocket League? What was the thing that clicked? That's what I want to know. I always love listening to that because everybody has a different story. Uh, sometimes it's social. Sometimes it's of the game. Sometimes it's the music. Uh, I love I love hearing about that. and I love reading about it because, like, it just, this game has connected so many different types of people. So I want to know. Nice. Great question. Very good. All right. Uh, be sure to hit up Jorby on the internet uh, where he just explained with your answers to that question uh, before we finally finish. Uh, Jorby, thanks again for making it on the show better Woo. late than never. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, your willingness to... Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, I appreciate you not blocking me after sending you messages <laughs> over and over again for the past few months. I don't know if I've ever uh, blocked anybody for sending me a message yet. Yet. Well, I didn't just send you a message. True. There True. were certainly more than just one. I mean, it's not like I was sending him a message every day. I'm not that bad. <laughs> no, but not it, at all. it was every now and then. It yeah. was every now and then. Yeah, yeah. So I, I appreciate Tasteful your willingness messaging. to get here eventually. I will do it again if I have to. Oh, don't tempt me. I, don't tempt me. I, I don't need to. <laughs> All right. Well, Jorby, again, thank you so much. And thank you for the boost. Thank you. 